Hi, it's Dave here and I'm with my wife Kathy. Hello. And you're listening to The Cinemile where we walk to and from the movies. Linda is here. <laughs> hey. Special guest star flown all the way in from Ireland. Kathy's mom, granny extraordinaire. Yes. And watcher of movies. <laughs> watcher of movies. Yeah, great to be great to be here. It feels like ages since I've been on a cinema. Yeah, it's been a while. Because mostly I've been minding the baby while you guys cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But this time we are going to go see three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Henceforth, you, can we just call it three billboards? Can we not also use the words henceforth ever again, please? <laughs> and actually, this might be a first on the cinema. Mom's already seen the movie, but we haven't. Yeah. So what do you think of it? Oh, I can't Don't give that no away. Yeah, I can't give anything okay, away. We'll hear about that. Uh, yeah, the no, episode. I won't say. I won't say anything because I've seen it. But what I will say is that when I did see it, I had no idea what it was about and I had no expectations. Okay. I knew it's recent, so I knew there were nominations, but I went totally without expectation. So that's all I'll say now. Kathy, you don't know anything about this either. No, you don't know what's on the billboards. I don't know what's on the billboards. I know there's been some controversy around it. Um, since the Academy Award nominations came out so we'll speak about that in Spoiler Street because yeah. I did read some of the controversy but I haven't actually seen a trailer for the movie um, I'm really excited to see Frances McDormand's performance because I love her um, last we saw her might have been in, in a big role remember when we watched Olive Kitteridge a few years ago she was incredible oh, that in that was good, TV yeah. show yeah. Um, I love her so I'm excited to see her and I love that it's an Irish ish Irish-English filmmaker which is really cool um, I really enjoy his yes. stuff. Martin so. McDonough, writer, director, yeah. who did In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. So, um, yeah. I haven't seen the first two Billboards movies. Have you guys? This is the last in the trilogy, I believe. <laughs> you had me there. <laughs> but what I will say, and I don't often trundle off to the movies on my own, but it was Frances Mac, whatever her name is, drew me because I just love her going back as far as Fargo. Yeah, Fargo yeah. was and excellent. I just And I read something about her showing up she did win an award and showing up in a fancy ball gown and no makeup and I thought she's got some she's cool she's cool she's yeah. got some cool good on yeah I love her she's very cool um, and apparently she's like absolute standout to win the Oscar so let's see if we agree after this movie alright here we go we'll see you on the other side uh, for the billboards bye. bye so Mildred Hayes why did you put up these billboards my daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago it seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime what the hell is that Dixon, I'm in the middle of my goddamn Easter dinner. Sorry, kids. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. Sunshine beating on a good time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. Time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. Right, we've just seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I refuse to shorten the title. Henceforth to be known. Stop saying henceforth. No, henceforth, let's call it Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, for sure. (laughs) That's what everyone's calling it. Why don't we just call it the movie? Yes, that's a good point, Mom. The movie. Kathy, what did you think of the movie? So, first of all, it was... It was like... It's such an unusual movie, right? The plot kept kind of changing. Um, I kept... I kept being shocked, which I meant often, like, gasping in shock. Um, Obviously, the central performances were so overwhelmingly strong, as was every single supporting performance also. Um, So I kept almost just going, wow, look at that. It's Frances McDormand. It's Sam Rockwell. It's it's Woody Harrison. It's everyone's amazing. Like, you know, the big to the small actors were really incredible. Um, Like, John Hawkes didn't even know he was in it. Clark Peters from The Wire didn't know he was in it. 
Um, That's Lester Freeman. Yeah, Lester Freeman from The Wire. I'm so happy he shows up about halfway through. Um, so overall, I thought like absolutely faultless acting. I can see why Sam Rockwell, Rockwell and Frances McDormand are winning awards. Um, I can also see the flaws that I'll speak to when we get to Spoiler Street. Um, firstly, one of the characters has a really big character change that I didn't buy at all, and I felt like that was was quite strange. Um, in terms of Frances McDormand, what I love, she just encapsulated like pure rage. We see one scene of her before, in kind of a flashback, before the daughter died of what she looked like, which was... You know, relatively like in in quotation marks, normal woman. She had kind of longish hair, like pretty average clothes. But all we see of her now is she's wearing these like denim kind of boiler suits for the whole movie. She shaved the back of her hair. She's like a warrior on a mission. And I just thought she was just like I know this is like a really overused phrase, but like a tour de force of just rage and anger and refusing like in this kind of helpless state like she knows that she's helpless she can't do anything all she can do is get these billboards and try and make the police pay attention to the fact that you know her daughter suffered a really brutal and horrific death and no one's doing anything to solve the case um, so it's all about her performance for me and I think as usual for like a Martin McDonough movie the script is really clever and funny um, it's interesting to see him tackle America as he's not American and, and I know there's been criticism of how he tackled it but we'll speak to that on Spoiler Street um, but yeah Mom what did you think? Um, yeah interesting I didn't say it before we started but when I watched it the first time and as I said I was alone in a movie theatre I um, out loud to like nobody around me said oh my god this is the best movie I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and like did, the, <laughs> did anybody respond? Nobody responded. <laughs> but people started kind of moving away from it. <laughs> but anyway, by the end of the movie, I don't think that was fresh in my mind. But watching it again, just now, I was blown away by not quite the same thought, but it totally engrossed me. And I hadn't realised who the director was or what his other movies were, but now it doesn't surprise me because, as Cathy said, like the plot changes, the shock factors, they were all there. And it doesn't surprise me to hear he's Irish because it's, it could have, been, could have been set in rural Ireland, the way the, yeah. the personalities and the behaviours were. So they're kind of universal, but very much rural, small town, small mind. Now, I agree with the performance. Pillar of the community gets Pillar of the community lot, goes yeah. goes bananas and ballistic and and also like okay she was driven by rage but what I saw and maybe this was interesting with the second viewing she was also really driven by guilt when you get to see the back scenes and the back views she is so driven by guilt that that's what's fueling the rage her helplessness when there's no way to to kind of redress that or balance that and I think that does get resolution as the movie goes on which is quite profound but as an overall thing without getting into spoiler street I loved the soundtrack I don't know whether you guys noticed it but amazing soundtrack it's subtle subtle but amazing and like stunning performances every performance was award winning from the son to the incidentals to the I don't know his name but the the guy who plays the desk sergeant uh, yeah, he's very good. Oh my God, they're amazing. So for me, it was the soundtrack, the amazing performances, the redemption, the resolution of guilt, blame, anger, and the character change that I didn't find unbelievable. But we can talk about that later. Spoiler Street yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I also thought it was excellent. I actually, it felt authentic, and I think that's important because my feelings towards some of Martin McDonough's previous 
work and his brother in particular I think John McDonough who did The Guard and Calvary two movies which I think you can hear the writing in and yeah but you can his brother's got nothing to do with his movie fine but okay um, the same thing I felt in Seven Psychopaths in particular These, those movies felt very overwritten well because he's a, think, screen, a playwright and I think that can yes but that can happen and parts of In Bruges which I do really like but there's parts of it where you can just hear the clever dialogue you know it's yeah. things that people wouldn't naturally say for instance um, and, I, and I think that even someone like Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as good as they are you can you, you get taken out of it because you're like oh this is an actor delivering a really clever funny line uh, that was written by a very clever screenwriter and that's what happens to me a lot of the time with with his work and uh, the reason I mentioned his brother is because they, they, they play in the same playground for sure um, but I didn't get that besides two points in this movie um, I just got to, I think the it was the perfect blend of writing and performance like these Mildred just felt like a real person a real grieving mother um, who's just on this path for just action um, the she has nothing but her rage I think that's all she can cling on to and, and it's just incredible to watch really so there were, there were uh, we'll talk in spoiler street uh, anyway I loved it I thought it was just absolutely gripping um, it, like I, unexpected I didn't know where it was going I didn't know what was going to happen anything could have happened and that, that there's no when, when a movie can surprise you like that when it doesn't have a very conventional plot when it's creating situations for characters that everything everything they do feels justified for who they are and who they've the movie has told well, us they are. Well, let's see about that. <laughs> Except for Candy things. Well, what? Uh, but unless I, I, felt like I actually agree. I thought each character was so uniquely different. Yeah, they were unique, and their plots worked for them. And the way it worked was even though like it was a tragic story and a tragic backstory. But at times we were laughing hysterically. It was so funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. And other times crying because it's a very moving piece in it. So it managed to pull out like shock, horror, laughter and compassionate tears. So it was very clever. Very clever. And I did feel at one point that it it nearly could have been like a TV miniseries because it felt like there was multiple plots that kind of came and then were dealt with and then we move on to the next plot, which isn't that common in a movie, actually, particularly a movie of only two hours. And we're in a very mucky path here, by the way, so we're kind of trundling as gross. we record this. It's weird. I didn't know it had rained or we would not have come on this path. Let's take a slight detour off this mucky path into mucky spoiler yes. streets. <laughs> but can I say about the mucky path? I'm all, I think this is the Thames, isn't it? That's the we're Thames, walking yeah, by the yeah. Thames. Ooh, we're not walking it. in the Thames. No, we're, we're not walking, walking right in. next to but it. But when, when, when you lived in Richmond, I remember walking by the Thames and the Thames literally started pouring all over my feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it literally used to just rise over the banks. Hopefully that will not so happen hopefully here. Hopefully that won't happen, We'd be washed we get away. washed away. Maybe somebody will find this as, <laughs> yeah. as evidence that we'll we were that we lived. River. We were people. We saw a movie. But we will continue this review. Come hell or high water, yes, I'm telling you literally. that. Um, so we are moving on to Spoiler Street. If you haven't seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, aka the movie, the movie, then. Uh, <laughs> then uh, turn off now go and watch it I think we all recommend it oh highly. yeah for sure uh, twice it's kind of yeah <laughs> I would watch it again um, right let's talk spoilers I, I might just go first because on my point about because you're holding the mic yeah and uh, exactly and uh, 
my point about the the parts that took me out of it where where that happened to me where I was like oh I'm just listening to writing now were two moments when when Woody Harrelson just before he kills himself and he has that conversation with his wife oh that was terrible thought that was pretty drop the ball she's like you've got such a beautiful dick yeah I was just like like, what that just felt like (laughs) now I know she knew he was dying and she was trying to be nice to him but really no no but the problem with that scene is that I could hear Martin McDonough I could see it's him sitting at the typewriter being like I don't want them to have a normal relationship or a normal conversation it's going to be kind of weird and edgy and all this and that didn't really fit with no. who we know who he was and we didn't get enough of her as a character for to, for that to be so This is where I need to interject one of my major problems with this movie was Abby Cornish playing that role first of she's all she's miscast. at least 20 years younger than Woody Harrelson right But that's fine No give us context why is his wife this young blonde Australian babe who's sitting around talking about how amazing his dick is that's her entire (laughs) scene in this movie oh and she's a great mother too like I just thought is that actually you're going to have Frances McDormand in the lead you know one of the best actresses of her generation of all time in this incredible character and then the only other female character is that is that what you're going to do with it and why is she that much younger than him I'm sorry just me off well, actually, uh, that's interesting you say that because my other problem was the other female character, who's the 19-year-old <laughs> girlfriend of John oh, John Hawke. Oh yeah, who now she used to be in Home and Away, so it was also Australian, albeit <laughs> didn't have an Australian accent yeah. in this one. Now she, now she's lit- she's there as a punchline. Yeah. She's there to deliver laughs um, and whatever. We got a few giggles out of it, but her th- her delivery didn't work for me either. And I just heard John John McDonough or Martin McDonough writing punchlines to scenes so, so your two verbal your two kind of dialogue issues were both at um, making like just stupid women basically yeah. well that's not me having an issue with no no I'm saying that's women. they're the two scenes you picked up on it's interesting because they were the ones I was picking up I on I thought they well. were two very poorly written characters fair enough one of them is supposed to be a punchline but the other one is supposed to carry some dramatic weight and just doesn't now these are two blips in a movie that is otherwise like just phenomenal like I think in particular uh, Sam Rockwell as, as Dixon was just so so good um, Woody Harrelson made us kind of fall in love with Willoughby but it's really it's the Frances McDormand show and she's just like effortless she doesn't even seem like she's doing a performance just Mildred just felt real to me yeah so, I'd like to before we go any further yeah. just disagree with both of you <gasps> on the woo <laughs> on the two side women yes I hear you around the kind of overly scripted dialogue and that before he died scene was pretty icky but his suicide note was the most amazing oh, that thing was yeah, I love the suicide note yeah. Yeah. but to go back to what happened in the next scene she showed up with a letter for our main character written by her husband and she went there with no blame with no rage whereas everybody believed at that point it was the billboards had driven him to suicide she went there, carried out her husband's wishes, and she left the plate open for forgiveness. Yes, it was a did. turnaround. It was a turnaround for the character. Yeah, that's and it. But both. I think she knew, because she knows her husband didn't kill himself because of the billboards. But she went to that woman, and she dropped all her age, and her only as upset was, how do I spend the day with my children when their husband kills himself? Yeah, that was a nice scene. It was very beautiful, and it set the groundwork for forgiveness. I really believe it did. And you roll further on to the end of the movie. There's a restaurant scene where the ditzy 19-year-old who was I thought was very funny, the way yeah, everybody stared funny. at her open-mouthed when she spoke. <laughs> but she's the one who brought to the conversation anger begets anger. 
And that's the moment yeah. that, I can't remember her name, our heroine. Mildred? Mildred. That's the moment Mildred dropped her age. Yeah. yeah. She, she went over the with a bottle in her hand. We think she's literally going to take him out. She puts the bottle on the table and she says, treat her well. Yeah, that, I liked that moment. That, that was, was the nice. moment she dropped her yeah. age. See, when this she, is why we bring mom on the podcast. Yeah. She got it. Great anger insight. begets anger. That woman, that 19-year-old delivered the line that saved the movie. Well, that's a bit extreme, but... Yeah, it was, it was a great it was a factor. Line. And Peter. it was funny then because Peter Britt Dinklage, who played the dwarf, says... Um, she used the word baguette yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, yeah. was yeah, that was quite funny so Peter Dinklage felt kind of wasted in here I'm not sure what his character oh I thought he was, was much better in this than he is in Game of Thrones yes, where but I think what he's was terrible the purpose of his character he's just a little side character someone who's got a bit of a crush on her and oh he loved her yeah he just was into her I think and he was just filling out the background I don't mind that it was all part of her see I think the whole movie was the whole movie was a backdrop for her letting go of her rage and guilt and oh we're stuck oh in wait, the mud we're stuck here. in mud, Mum. You have to come back. Okay. Sorry, we're pushing a buggy through mud here. This is a terrible experience. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is Jay, good luck to you cleaning the buggy tonight. But I think everything and every character contributed to her redemption. In the end, and this is a spoiler: the only time she smiled in the you movie, can she, the only time she sp- smiled in the movie was in that last scene everything had brought us to that point where she could drop her rage drop the past and move forward yeah. into an unknown future and he's you know he pulled her up on it she said you made me come on this date with you and he said no I asked you to come on a date with me because I like you and yeah. she was like huh you like me like she was so confused by that um, and now we need to get to discussing okay first <laughs> Dave you need to push this book there you go okay. we need to get to we're dis- not coming on this walk no, again we're we, not did coming, this in Coco we did this in Coco as well, as well. Um, it wasn't this mucky though we need to get to the... There's a very big conversation happening in the States around his treatment, um, the filmmaker's treatment of race in America because this is a fictional town. Okay. And people feel like how he's framed race and in particular, like, in reference to African-Americans is, like, all off. And, like, the town is loaded with this casual racism but kind of with no context. And it's repeatedly mentioned and this is so this is the character I wanted to talk about played by Sam Rockwell who's called what Dixon Dixon um, we're told at the start that he's we were let, let known pretty early on that he's been abusive towards black people in his role of power as a policeman which is a shocking thing to learn about a character but it's it's just kind of played as like a bit of background information nothing really comes of it which I found very strange and then the character his character is kind of you know really disgusting and you know, we later on like see him throw someone out a window, which is a shocking thing to see. Um, he's horrible. He, like we've no reason to like him, and then all of a sudden, the, fil- the filmmaker decided actually now, I want you to like him. So in Woody Harrelson's suicide note, he's going to leave him his own note, and and suddenly we're going to like him, and and now he's going to help Francis McDormand, you know, reach. It's a bit of a quick redemption. Yeah, I just was like, what? Now hang on, there's the, it's not just that though. To be fair. There are two things that happen to him. He gets fired from his job and is confronted with the idiocy of his own actions and nobody defends him. And then he receives a a letter from somebody who he admired who died, which you could argue really reached reached him. Um, Now, I I think it's a a little bit... um, What's the word? Uh, it's, it's a little bit simplistic, perhaps, <laughs> and it's, it's very much, again, this needs to happen. That's the, the, the mechanics of the, of the script working. 
Yes, he was a 40-year-old man, but the point was that his development seemed to have been stunted following whatever traumatic death of the father, and he had an insane mother. So there was a shift, and I do agree it happened too quickly, and they tried to wrap it all up too quickly. But he got the acknowledgement of the father figure, and he moved from a place where we actually thought he was going to kill his mother to where he actually patted her on the head and went out and began to live his own life. So maybe a bit twee, but I could see where it was going. And it's a bit, it's, it's a very overly sympathetic portrayal towards a white cop who's been abusive to black people which is a huge issue in the States like I completely see why people have taken issue with that plot and I think Sam Rockwell's amazing I loved his performance like the fact that he could make us sympathetic to that character is a feat for an actor but I completely understand the criticism of it and before I like even if I hadn't read the criticism just from a character's perspective I would have been like but wait a minute why are we rooting for him now I'm really confused because I loved the last scene with the two of them and I was really moved by it but I felt manipulated into that. I didn't Where feel were you rooting for them. I wasn't rooting for him. No, because he lost I think his job. I wasn't looking for him to get his job. No, back. but I mean emotionally in that last scene, I felt connected to them in a way that I didn't think he deserved at all. And like you know, we watched him beat he, someone up and throw them out a window. But he clawed. He look. He's a, he's a bad person. He 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 did bad things. But he did claw. He did a good thing at the end. He clawed back some dignity. But that's what what's that's, that's what's life. good about this movie. It's authentic. It's authentic mm. because there is no. What you're describing, Kathy, is um, people maybe just wanted him to Pure be evil. just just an evil yeah. evil white man cop no. who beats people up. Well, let me finish. Um, that's not what this movie is, and that's what none of these characters are. They're, they're each of them, pretty much all of them, do good things and do bad things, and they're just kind of good people who do shitty things or shitty people who do good things. No, I don't. I don't agree in the context of this character because to just casually mention that someone is beating up on black people and is a racist and not give us any context around that and he's still got his badge he's still got his gun why and this is why I didn't really like Woody Harrelson's character despite his awesome suicide scene why was Woody Harrelson like what kind of a failed cop is he to have that man on his service who's borderline got an IQ that I would say he probably shouldn't have been allowed on the service we hear he was held back while he was training to be a policeman we hear he's abusive of power we see him beating people up why is Woody Harrison in his dying moments writing to this man? Oh, so why didn't he just tell him those things while exactly. he was alive? It was a, it was a cheap writing trick yeah. that Woody Harrison's letter made us suddenly sympathetic to a character. And Woody Harrison, it didn't make sense that he but wrote Kathy, that letter. But Kathy, nothing is black and white. You can have. I don't think it's black and white. Why, but I'm just saying, give us context. But why you is tell it tell us someone's racist and like disgusting character? Don't just have that as a bit of background chatter about them and have them just there and then we never but see why? any of that that's, but that's but that's how you deliver um, that's how you deliver information about a character no we, I think you show we, don't tell all this was was telling us that he was a good character and telling us he was a bad well, we character saw, we saw that he was violent we saw that he was he was racist we saw that he said inappropriate things he was he was a pretty bad guy who was capable of doing good things when when push come to show he didn't even do anything that good like he saw the guy's license plate and then he scratched his face all he needed to do was get the license plate and hand that information over to the police he didn't need to scratch the guy's face I think I think there's a danger of making it all too literal I don't think it was a movie that was meant to be literal I think it was all just sort of allegories are leading us to points are taking the character to where she ended in the end I, I don't think you could actually there were too many excellent characters to have been able to show the whole gambit but I mean 
he's on the same path that Mildred is because he learns that anger just begets anger mm-hmm, exactly and tries to let that go as well even though the two of them potentially may not have by the end oh um, yeah good ending I, the ending we need good to discuss ending. the ending it's very good good ending but Cathy I've I got a baby who's getting impatient with us here Okay, we better wrap. But, we better, yeah, we wrap, better things up. wrap. Even though, I mean, I can see why it's such a talked-about movie. I loved it. It was funny, clever, interesting. Um, the ending I loved because I actually think they didn't go and kill him. I think they were just doing it, and they were going to realize halfway there they weren't going to do it. What did you think? I don't like to apply um, endings to ambiguous endings. Do you know what I mean? I don't like. I don't like when people have a decision about what happened at the end of Inception, for instance. I okay, think you're I'm just I think, asking what you thought. Did you think they were going to no, kill my, him or not? My thought is, we don't know and we shouldn't know. Mom, and that's thoughts? what the filmmaker wants us to. I know. I hoped they wouldn't, but I don't know. And it's what I think the beauties of the movie. It started like in the middle of something and ended in the middle of something. Yeah. So it was like a snapshot as it against was. a complete picture. Yeah. And we just, Mom briefly mentioned her son. What a lovely character. Oh God, he Aww. was beautiful. He was helping his mom out. He was being. She was mortifying him in school. She's putting up these billboards. He said, you know, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I can't sleep. I'm so upset about what happened to my sister. And he's still there to support his mother. And I found that really beautiful. I don't know that actor, but I thought he was so good. He was very Every good. Um, the guy who rented out the billboards. We could go on and he we was could very, go very on. Good. Yeah. He was brilliant. Who was he, he was the son in Get Out. Yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, very, very good actor. Caleb Landry-Jones, yeah. I think is his name. Quirky and strong character. So, like, we couldn't, there's characters we won't even get to mention here. Brilliantly played. But that's, why, that's yeah. what's so good about this movie is the little side characters feel drawn as well. They feel like real people. Um... And I know it's I harp on about the redemption and the forgiveness, but oh my goodness, when he gave the cop yeah, orange juice, exactly. it was one character. Oh, after that was another, lovely. Yeah, that doing was a lovely, turnaround yeah. and doing the unexpected. Yeah, that was because I thought he was going to go and kind of push against his bandages, you know, and he going to throw him out the window. Yeah, and he gave him <laughs> orange juice. That was really yeah. sweet. But that is ultimately the theme of this movie, and I think, I think so. Mildred mm-hmm. says it at one point as well. We're all just people, and I don't know, you know, none of us. We're all just fucking in this together, and nothing gets done. Yeah. Uh, so you may as well live with it. That's basically what she said to the do- to the deer. I know that was funny when she was speaking yeah. to the deer. Um, so yeah, I mean you can see why it's up for all the nominations, but I can understand the controversy as well. Now I think, well, just touching on that controversy again. I know the it's film you're talking about. It's very good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> good, <laughs> glad, <laughs> it. glad we didn't spoil it for you. Um, passerby there. Um, the. The, on the town, um, this is an—it's an English slash Irish man, who's you know doesn't have the context of America. It's very much a fantasy, I would say. This—it's oh, a fantasy. heightened reality, and I think all his movies are. So it's a little unfair, and I understand why people are doing it, but it is a little unfair to say no, Martin McDonough, you haven't—you've—you've—you've you've, you've misrepresented small town America, or you've—you've steered—you've uh, steered incorrectly. Um, away from actual issues that are ongoing in America but that's not what this movie no. is trying to do it's universal themes exactly it is but he, he nearly Dave he nearly opens the movie telling us I think in the first within the first three scenes we're told that this actor this character is is racist and is abusive to black people so if you're going to open your movie in that framework you need to be able to deliver on it I'm just saying like he it's not a it wasn't a piece of background information like this was very quickly delivered very early on when the billboards are being put up the guy who put the billboard up says it to Sam Rockwell I know but that's not that's not what the movie's about but it's constantly referenced 
I know it's not what it's about, but it is constantly referenced. That's all I'm saying. It's not just, you know, one piece of the puzzle. It's very consistent. And when the new police sergeant shows up and he is black, there's issues around that as well from the other characters. And again, wasn't really addressed by him one throwaway scene. But when you say it wasn't addressed, I mean, what were you looking for? I, I wasn't looking for anything. I'm not speaking as any sort of authority on the subject matter. I'm just saying I get why why it's coming under the climate in America at the moment. I get why it's coming under scrutiny for him to be raising that stuff, but without, without, I don't know, without the perspective of somebody who's lived it, I guess. But I, not that I think you need to live in a country to write about the country. All I'm saying no, is I, I understand the controversy. I think it's very, very important to have outside voices to, to, to give some context. Now, I don't think, I don't think Martin McDonough's has done that here and I don't think that's what this movie no, it is isn't. it's not an, it's not a very insightful outsider's view no, of it's small not. town America it's an insightful view on a woman's rage and her and her redemptive arc but they're, they're almost cartoonish I would say in a way these characters they feel very real but the whole setting is very it's 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 graphic novel it's do you know what I mean it's like heightened reality heightened uh, characters like heightened violence this this movie's not really um, a snapshot of reality. I would no, say. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not to be taken literally. Yeah. That's why it exactly. doesn't surprise me that he's the seventh psychopaths guy, because it's like that. It's just because that that's extremes. absurdism. It's extreme absurdism. Yeah. But, yeah. but this one managed to look almost normal, but yeah. it was still extreme absurdism. So that's why I don't think that the criticism of it not representing America fairly is fair, because that's not what the movie is supposed to do. Yeah. It's almost like saying Pulp Fiction um, isn't a fair representation of, of uh, urban gangster lifestyles. Do you know what I mean? Or or or, or, or of New York. It's like it's well, it's like what Mom said. This one almost feels real. Pulp Fiction never did. So that's why you apply kind of different yeah, standards to it. I get that. And obviously, I mean, everything is so charged in the US at the moment. Yeah, if you're releasing it like this year, yeah, or last year even. But um, but not every movie needs should have cultural and political context I think that's very important some some things are just fiction that yeah, tell a good soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a great place to end it yeah, um, right. I didn't I, notice the soundtrack I'll have to go back and <laughs> go back and listen to yeah. the soundtrack so there you go it's a great bit of, bit of fiction um, thank you mom again for your amazing insight coming on we love it I love it yeah are you going to see it a third time oh, you never know <laughs> for the soundtrack well thanks for listening um this is you know it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky debate i think this film though we can all agree is well worth a watch hugely enjoyable yeah very mm. very enjoyable um go check it out uh let us know what you thought or, or what you think of our discussions here we're at the cinemile on twitter facebook and instagram it's the cinemile at gmail.com uh, to email us um, and please leave us a review if you can on apple podcast just uh, just tap uh Tap the old button. You don't yeah. even have to write anything. Just tap five stars. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening. We'll Bye. see you soon. Bye. What's along what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Or anus? I think I'll be all right then.